How many enjoyed the beautiful sunrise this morning? I don't think there was anything hindering it. I don't think there was any smoke coming from the north. Pure and clean. But there was something last night that I couldn't see that I saw when the sun rose this morning. I couldn't see it in darkness, but when the presence of light got there, I noticed the marks and the smudges on the window. I could locate where my grandson, who's just now started to walk, Sage, Brenda and I could locate every place his little hands have been that we didn't see when it was dark. But when the light comes on, we know we gotta do something with those marks. And some of you are in this presence right now and you start worshiping him, but then there's a voice of condemnation and I'm gonna tell you who it is. It is Satan himself talking to you because now you feel so guilty and you feel shame about the smudges, but you gotta deal with them. And that's him telling you there's only one thing that can clean that off. And that's what I did on the cross. I wiped your sins away. I cleansed you. I made you whole and righteous. And so there are times that the words of the Lord will come. And so one of our elders had a word that we tested and just felt, should it come forth? And the more we looked at it, it's a word from the Lord. But it's not a word to those who are unbelievers. It is a word to the house. Because when we ignore the smudge, we get familiar with the dirt on the window and before long, if we don't deal with it, it gets so dirty, you, can't, you don't even know what the image is on the other side that he wants to reveal to you. You don't even know and then you start making up your own thing about God because you can't see what he's trying to reveal because we won't deal with this. Does that make sense? So we call this a word of prophecy. It's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. And when it comes, we're to test it. And then when it comes, it should bring strength, encouragement, or comfort. And this one is an encouragement for us to respond to those things that are on there. So just want you to hear this for a moment, okay? My children, my dear loved ones, you are standing on holy ground. I need you to hear this, to understand and obey what I'm about to share with you. The time is coming when you, my bride, will be taken up with me and you will face the judgment seat of Christ. I seek a bride without spot or wrinkle. I see everything you do. There is no place that is beyond my sight. Adam thought he could hide from me in the garden. Do you think you can hide from me when you do the secret sins that have controlled your life for years? You justify your choices by relying on my grace and what you think you can justify. If you understood the reverence and awe you should have towards me, you would not allow the lifestyle you lead to stand between us. My word is full of testimonies of disobedient people. Do you think that you will be dealt with differently? My word instructs you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
This is the awe and reverence that I seek from you. While I am compassionate and full of grace, does that give you license to keep on sinning? This word is not to condemn or shame you, but rather to remind you that I am seeking deeper relationship with you. But darkness and sin is not my path for you. My word tells you that many will fall away in the end times. Do you think it cannot happen to you? Do not be naive. The little foxes that come to steal your heart are roaming the world even now. And do you think that you are strong enough to not fall? Those things will and have already caused your heart to be callous and hard in some areas. Please set aside the things that entangle you. If you need help, cry out. I have given you all authority over the enemy, but the days of living casually for me are over. I do not want you to slip away little by little until you become numb to the things of God. This word is both a warning and a promise of the amazing life I have for you here on earth when you live in awe of who I am, living in right relationship with me. Take captive every thought and emotion. It is time for you to mature into the person we both want you to be. Seek me while I may be found and live with me in heaven for eternity as a just reward for your devotion. I had everything set of how I thought this service was supposed to go. And God expects me to have a plan. But he also expects me that when he says, I want to do something, it's not Sam's will be done, it's thy will be done. And this is a safe place, everybody. If you're here for the first time, I want you to know this is a safe place. We've been talking about David's life and the people that dwelled at the cave of Adullam. They were distressed. They were in debt. They were discontent. They were just a rough bunch. But God ended up calling them mighty men. And can I just tell you, we're a rough bunch. But because we press into his presence, we become mighty men and women of God. And I think the reason why it, God keeps using folks like that is because when words like this come, they don't reject it. They respond to it. I don't know what your, um, I don't know what your way of church is for some of you. I don't know if you like it loud or quiet. I don't know if you need the latest Maverick song to be playing or if you need an altar call singing just as I am without one plea before you respond. Whatever it is, I think the Holy Spirit's asking for a response. Let me tell you why God uses people that are flawed. Because they respond when he speaks. That's the difference between David and Saul. When you size up both of those men's sin, it looks like Saul was the better guy than David. It really is. 
Okay, y'all been standing for a while. Let's just sit down for a minute because we're going to respond to this. Just We're all going to stay put. You can sit right up here if you want in front. I don't care. look at David for a minute. I got to be honest with you. When I was younger, I didn't think I needed advice from David. Why in the world would God allow a guy that took another man's wife, slept with her, then puts a contract out on her husband to hide his sin. Why in the thunder would I want to take advice from a guy like that? Murderer? Philanderer? Didn't always make good decisions. One rebellious decision got 70,000 people killed. Killed, 70,000, killed. Do I really want to take advice from a guy that makes that kind of rebellious decision? Let me ask you. If you needed a new lead pastor and on his resume, says he was an adulterer, he was a murderer to cover his tracks. His family is a mess. He got 70,000 people killed. Let me ask you, would he be the senior pastor of this church or any Christian reform or assembly of God or Baptist church in this town? You tell me. Don't be so holy, y'all can say no. Would he? He wouldn't make it anywhere. He couldn't make a, he couldn't get a small group in this town. Let alone make him the leader of a nation. And my, how are we quick to judge? <laughs> I'm just being honest. And on top of that, then God uses the Holy Spirit for him to write 73 of the Psalms to encourage me and give me direction. I'm going to take direction from a cat who's been sleeping around, murdering people, get 70,000 people killed. His own family's a mess. And you want to tell me how to run my family? How many are glad that the Bible is really honest, but a lot of times you and I aren't? serious. Dead serious. I mean, and when you size up Saul's sins versus David's sins, I kind of wonder, does David look a little worse than Saul? You know what the difference was? Repentance. 
that when you heard a word, you didn't just sit back on your throne because of your position, or you were just in the altar worshiping, or you lead a small group, or you're a deacon, you're an elder, or anything else, is that the difference was someone was tender and responded every time God confronted him. But the other guy, Saul, would not. That's why Samuel said to him, that kind of rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. Hmm. Think about that. And in fact, that guy actually went to witchcraft and started talking to the dead. A guy started humble because when they went to anoint Saul, he was hiding among he was hiding among the baggage. He was so humble. And you start out so humble and yet start rejecting when something is said and we get offended at God or offended at what he said that we reject. And so the reason why you find King Saul going wheels off whack job, he's getting meaner, he's getting more angry, he's getting more bitter, he's getting more hateful, he's killing people now, he wants to kill a young man that actually honors and forgives him every time he does something dumb. The other guy's getting sweeter and the other one's getting angry, hostile, boisterous, loud, angry. You know what it was? One guy stays in the presence of God and another one rejects God. But when he gets in the presence of God, when God starts talking to him, he just doesn't let the smudge stay there. I gotta deal with the smudge. I'm gonna deal with the smudge. As for a man or a woman in this room, including your pastor. And here's what happens. Rebellion, people who reject when God says something, like just the word that was said just a moment ago. What happens in those situations is when someone rejects God, they question everybody else's motives. And they even question God's motives. He's not just, he's not right. If he really was God, see, when people reject God in rebellion, they question God and everybody else's motives. There are people in here right now questioning mine. Because when you're a rejecter of God, when he speaks to you, or even when something like that word is being said, not me, what will people think if I respond to God? You know what that is? That's rejection of God when he says, can I show you this that's been building up on the window and the lights come on? Because people who reject God question God's motives and everybody else's all the time. But people who repent and are tender toward God always question their own motives and not God's. They're dealing with them. Why David and not Saul? God would point it out. Thou art the man. 
he would go. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit in me because I'm a dirty dog. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, please. And he gets it. A lot of big time dumb mistakes. But when the sun would rise and the presence of light came, because he wanted to be in it, he could see where the fingerprints were and say, I got to deal with that. Religious folks like Saul, not me, not me. So it doesn't make any difference today whether I talk about pornography or I talk about your prejudice against other people and races or socioeconomic levels. It doesn't make any difference whether I'm talking about you're cheating God or you're cheating on your IRS return. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference if I'm talking about lying, <laughs> being dishonest. It doesn't make any difference what I preach today. If you will get in the presence of his light, he will show you and me things that no preacher can show you. But then he gives you the power to be able to wipe it clean so you have a clear revelation of who he is. And he's the only one that has the power to clean it. Not me, nobody else, not the government, not some political party or no, they can't clean it. Not even their pastor. He cleans it. Mama and daddy can't clean it. That's the difference why one is rejected and one is received. When we as humans want to compare people's sin and think, we want to say who gets in and who doesn't get in. That's why God said to Samuel, man looks on the outward appearance, but God knows the heart. Doesn't he, right? Wow. What do y'all think we ought to do with this? Think we ought to respond to it? Think we ought to not say how long we've been in church and whether or not we ought to respond to it or what my position is? think we ought to say Holy Spirit you talking to me this morning because when it does come up boy this life starts being oaring oaring or you say Holy Spirit I'm just going to rest in what you did at the cross Lord I'm going to bring that so that I get the clear revelation of not just who you are but the good and perfect will of God for my life Isn't he going to preach this morning? I kind of feel like God, God just speaks. God speaks. And I know no better place to be vulnerable than in the worship and letting him speak to you. There are things some of you are going to be delivered from this morning. And I'm not getting counseling because I love counseling. Pastor Brent and I, when we need counsel for direction, we seek counsel. 
because God can speak through a multitude of counselors and have wisdom anointed by God. But I really believe that there's some of you that have been trying to get so many things fixed in your life. You've sought counselor and counselor and counselor. You're trying to get the solution when in fact you have neglected the presence that can actually clean it and liberate you from it. I mean, there's a lot of big stuff you think God can't fix, but he can fix it. He can fix it. I mean, he can fix it today. So here's where you and I are. Do we reject it and keep questioning God's motives and God's judgments? Do we keep rejecting it and then start being suspicious of everybody else? Or do you respond to it and say, I'm going to check my own motives, my own heart here today. Deal with me, Lord. Sometimes it's tough being pastor. You got to figure out what to do next. Somebody else want to pastor for the next ten minutes? Let somebody else want to do this job. Where's Brenda when I need her? Brenda, where are you? She's not feeling well today. Y'all just pray, Lord, touch her body. Jesus, thank you for your kindness to us. Not only what you've done for us, but what you have and you are preparing for us. Not only in this temporal flawed earth, but in that new heaven, that new earth you have prepared for us and are preparing for us. You're good. And I guess that's the reason why, Father, David was always seemingly used by you is because at the end of the day, he said, I know you're good and you're right. You're always right, so I'm going to respond to it. Saul would always have the same battle in his mind, but he would defer to, I'm right, and this is what I should do. And I guess, Father, we see the outcomes. So I pray in this time of worship and adoration, in this time of being in your presence, would you transcend even this building and go right, go right behind this computer, this TV that somebody's watching right now and their mobile device? And would you begin to reveal to them not just who you are on the other side of the window, but as you, the light, you are the light of the world and as you're shining that light through, it not only gives energy and strength, light does, that light gives life, but that light also exposes. Would you just begin to show them the very things? That they're leaving there that are confusing what you truly have for them. And even confusing who they are. Would you start clearing it away? So that the real revelation of who you are and what you have for them just comes through. Because I know the darkness, the darkness, the enemy, his only purpose is to steal, to kill, to destroy. Because he knows that there are two outcomes. 
One is eternal life, one is the presence with you, and one is a true eternal destruction that is real. And I just ask you, Father, show them that you're good. And so they can respond to you. They can respond to you. So I tell you what, Holy Spirit, you go ahead and have your way here in this house. Go ahead and have your way. Go ahead and have your way. I'm going to ask Pastor Drew just to let us just keep enjoying him for a moment, the joy of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And I want you just to begin to bless him, church. Just stay in that presence. But as the Holy Spirit starts showing you something, and maybe even something you've been asking him to free you from, clear up into that top balcony in these galleries. If the Holy Spirit prompts you and says, I want you to bring that to the place of an altar, not just a place that we call the altar area, but maybe he's asking you to do something symbolic of a reality of what's happening in your heart that only he's the one you can bring it to and only he's the one that can free and he's the only one that can cleanse as we're worshiping you are welcome to come to this altar and say God I bring it to you today you're the only one that fix it I don't know what's going on and maybe something going on in your family your marriage you're struggling it's time to let him have it and say God I defer everything to your will Whatever you reveal that I need to clean, 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 clean. So how about this? How about we just honor him, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And how about we just begin to stand? And as we stand just for a moment, why don't we use the arms he's given us to lift holy hands, the Bible says, in the house of God, the sanctuary. And then just begin to use your mind and let your mind begin to praise him with words that you form and that you begin to glorify him. And then as you're in the presence of God worshiping and he starts showing you something, I want to fix this, I want to reveal this, you let him just, you let him just bring it to you. And then you go ahead and put it on the altar. You say, Lord, I lay myself and this issue on the altar. Today's the day. And if it's sin, it's sin. If it's an attitude, it's an attitude. If it's something that you know the Holy Spirit say, I've been talking to you. Today's the day of freedom. Today is the day of my presence coming in, transforming you. I want you to let it happen in the midst of praising him. Go ahead, let your words and your mind and your hands and your whole life, your whole being, just begin to magnify him for a moment. Just bless him, bless him, bless him, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name.